Ragbag presents I Like the Sound, a celebration of the sound of things. I like the sound. I like the sound. I like the sound. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. A celebration of the sound of things. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. I like the sound of footsteps on the forest floor in autumn. I like the sound of brown leaves being swept aside by a windscreen wiper. I like the sound of a shh. I like the sound of a cigarette being tapped on a table before it's lit. I like the sound of a large chunk of broken glass being sucked up a vacuum cleaner pipe. I like the sound of bare feet shuffling across a carpet. I like the sound of one of those polite coughs that's intended as a means of attracting attention, unexpectedly triggering an actual cough, followed by the words, excuse me. I like the squeak of a cloth against a window pane. Let's hear from maverick musician Thomas Truax, who's famous for designing and building his own automated musical instruments. I think maybe the thing that got me started building instruments was the sound of those door stoppers, those spring door stoppers. I can remember, do you know what I'm talking about? The ones that are stuck to the wall and it's like a... Yeah, I've, I've got one in my house. It makes a kind of a twanky sound when you... Yes. Like, yeah. Um, maybe one of my oldest memories is is sticking my head up up against the door or up against the wall that that thing was attached to and plucking that thing and just it has if you actually got your ear to the wall it creates this huge sub bass spring sound and I absolutely love that sound. A glass harp, also called musical glasses, singing glasses, angelic organ, virilian or ghost fiddle, is a musical instrument made of upright wine glasses. It is played by running moistened or chalked fingers around the rim of the glasses. Each glass is tuned to a different pitch, either by grinding each goblet to the specified pitch, in which case the tuning is invariable or by filling the glass with water until the desired pitch is achieved. Musical glasses were documented in Persia in the 14th century. The glass harp was created in 1741 by Irishman Richard Pockridge, who is known as the virtuoso of the musical glasses. Pockridge called his instrument the angelic organ, and it was played with sticks rather than by rubbing the glasses with a moistened finger. It was reported in 1760 that Pockridge played Handel's water music on the glasses. 
His successful concert career was brought to a premature end by a fire in which both the inventor and the instrument perished in 1759. The composer Christoph Willibald Gluck played the musical glasses. He performed in London in 1746 and Copenhagen. His instrument consisted of 26 goblets filled with spring water. In 1929, Bruno Hoffmann invented a glass harp consisting of 46 individually tuned glasses fixed on a resonant table. On March the 9th, 1938, Bruno Hoffmann performed on the glass harp at the London Museum in a programme including Mozart's Adagio and Quintet for Harmonica, Flute, Viola, Oboe and Cello. It was an exquisite performance in which the flute and viola in their upper registers were almost indistinguishable from the glasses, which held spellbound a large audience crowded over the floor, stairs and galleries. A Toast to Christmas with the Singing Glasses is an album recorded and released in 1980, composed and performed by Gloria Parker. Fourteen well-known carols are performed with the glass harp, producing flute-like sounds on crystal glasses. This is from the Library of Congress. No one knows for sure why a domestic cat purrs, but many people interpret the sound as one of contentment. Our understanding is becoming more complete. Most scientists agree that the larynx, laryngeal muscles and a neural oscillator are involved. Kittens learn how to purr when they are a couple of days old. Vets suggest that this purring tells their mother that they are okay. It also indicates a bonding mechanism between kitten and mother. What makes the purr distinctive from other cat vocalizations is that it is produced during the entire respiratory cycle, inhaling and exhaling. Other vocalizations such as the meow are limited to the expiration of the breath. For the most part, cats meow only to communicate with humans, not with other animals, according to anthrozoologist John Bradshaw in his book Cat Sense, How the New Feline Science Can Make You a Better Friend to Your Pet. Part of his evidence is that feral cats do not meow nearly as much as domesticated house cats. Additionally, scientists believe that the meow is a manipulative behaviour cats adopt to get what they want. Nicholas Dodman of Tufts Cummings School of Veterinary Medicine argues that cats learn which noises are most effective at getting their owners to do what they want them to do.
but how well do humans understand what cats are saying? Back in 1895, when cats were just beginning to become common household pets, a man named Professor Alphonse Leon Grimaldi wrote an essay explaining what cats were saying to humans. Before 1895, cats were mostly outdoor animals. They were used to catch rodents, but were not brought inside frequently or loved as companions. In his essay, The Cat, Grimaldi translated some of the most common cat words into human words. For example, he believed alio meant food. Over a hundred years later, some cat experts still believe that certain cat noises can be understood by humans. Jean Craighead George, an author and naturalist, categorizes cat vocalizations in a way that seem very similar to human communication. For example, she says that meow with falling cadence is a protest or a whine. But not all scientists believe that cat sounds can be interpreted so easily. A 2003 study by Nicholas Nicastro and Michael Oren called Classification of Domestic Cat Vocalizations by Naive and Experienced Human Listeners found that cats do not use vocalizations to attract attention from humans, but the ability to interpret these noises depends a lot on the human. Owners are much better at interpreting the meaning of their own cats. One common misunderstanding among cat owners is that cats only purr when they are happy. Sandy Robbins explains that while most cats do purr when they are happy, they also purr when they are anxious or in pain. One of the other main ways that cats communicate both with humans and other cats is with their tail. A cat walking with an upright tail is relaxed and friendly. A tail swishing back and forth quickly can mean a cat is angry or curious. If a cat's tail is fluffy and the hair is standing on end, that means the cat is threatened and is trying to make it look bigger to scare away a threat. Another common behaviour is when cats headbutt humans and rub against them. Scientists believe this is either a way to greet humans and say they are happy to see them, or as a way of spreading their scent and marking their territory. Cats have scent glands on their cheeks, jaw and near their tail. When they rub those parts of their body on an object or another animal, they transfer a scent that only other cats can smell. I like the sound of a squeaky bike brake. I like the sound of hailstones on the roof of a bus shelter. I like the sound of a small parcel being forced through a letterbox before thudding onto the doormat. I like the sound of fingernails scratching a scalp. I like the sound of the word catalogue being used in a metaphorical sense. A catalogue of errors. A catalogue of disasters. A catalogue of calamitous, cataclysmic car crash catastrophes. That's my kind of catalogue. How about the sound of of the um, of a branch that's got a rubber tire hung from it that you swing on that goes. <laughs> Hello.
talk box is an effects unit that allows musicians to modify the sound of a musical instrument by shaping the frequency content of the sound and to apply speech sounds in the same way as singing into the sounds of the instrument. Typically a talk box directs sound from the instrument into the musician's mouth by means of a plastic tube adjacent to their vocal microphone. The musician controls the modification of the instrument's sound by changing the shape of the mouth, vocalizing the instrument's output into a microphone. In 1939, Albino Ray, an amateur radio operator, used a carbon throat microphone wired in such a way as to modulate his electric steel guitar sound. The mic, originally developed for military pilot communications, was placed on the throat of Ray's wife, Louise King, one of the King sisters, who stood behind a curtain and mouthed the words, along with the guitar lines. The novel-sounding combination was called singing guitar. Another early voice effect using the same principle of the throat as a filter was the Sonovox, invented by Gilbert Wright in 1939. Instead of a throat microphone modulating a guitar signal, it used small transducers attached to the performer's throat to pick up voice sounds. An early example of its use occurs in the 1941 Disney animation Dumbo, in the voice of Casey Jr. the train. Pete Drake, a Nashville-based player of the pedal steel guitar, used a talk box on his 1964 album Forever in what came to be called his talking steel guitar. His name is Pete Drake. He got the brilliant idea one time to make his steel guitar talk and he actually does it right now with a beautiful song, Forever. Pete Drake! <laughs>
I like the sound of a large room being called to order by a teaspoon tapping a wine glass. I like the sound of a Lego tower being quietly assembled. I like the sound of a tablecloth being smoothed out over a wooden surface. I like the sound of a distant music festival. I like the sound of an empty roller coaster whooshing down the dips. I like the sound of the crack of foil against plastic that can only be achieved by opening a jar of instant coffee. I like the sound of my ears popping gently. I Like The Sound was written, presented and produced by myself, Frank Burton. A complete list of source material can be found in the show notes. Special thanks to the genius that is Thomas Truax. Check out his music, also take a listen to Thomas's appearance in my other podcast, Ragbag. It's a great interview, and even if I do say so myself, it's a great podcast. My website is frankburton.co.uk. I currently have three books available to buy. The short story collection, A History of Sarcasm, the novel 100, and the first in the Ragbag series of novels, Everything I Am. The second one will be out very soon. The audiobook version is available on Bandcamp. Please do share this show around, subscribe, give us a rating and review. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Ragbag Presents. Follow us. Let us know what you like the sound of. My email address is in the show notes too. Thanks to Bernie, the PR guy. I keep forgetting to mention him. Sorry, Bernie. He runs the social media accounts. I just contribute the occasional handwritten note, which I pass on to Bernie. Anyway, I'll see you next week. <laughs>